Of course, you know you need to sleep 7 to 8 hours every night to maintain your well-being. And you wouldn't mind doing so, if only you had time. Because being a caregiver is a job in itself, in addition to your job of being a parent and your job of having a job or running your own business. You have a never-ending to-do list. As soon as you are crossing out what you've done, new tasks pop up right away. You think you'll catch up with your sleep later when you are done with your to-do list, but that later never comes, and you never have time to sleep enough. Let's talk about it. I don't have time became an automatic response for anything that is not already in our daily routine. Sometimes we say that because our calendars are packed, and sometimes we are hiding our own insecurities behind this phrase. I catch myself up on one of these I don't have time excuses when my friend and colleague tells me I have to write a book, and she offers 1001 reason to do so. Her reasoning is very convincing, and I agree with her wholeheartedly. It's a great idea for me to write a book, but I don't have time. In reality, I'm so overwhelmed with the idea of this project that I'm not even looking into possibilities of breaking it down into smaller tasks and actually doing it. Which makes perfect sense if I look at it from my primitive brain's perspective. My daily routine activities are predictable, even the stressful and difficult ones. So my primitive brain sees them as safe because they are already familiar. Yes, I am getting stressed every time my father-in-law gets to the emergency room. But for my primitive brain, it is expected that I will be stressed. So it doesn't see it as something new and potentially dangerous for me. It's normal. But anything new that is not what I do regularly is a potential danger for my primitive brain because it doesn't know what's going to happen when I do this new thing. Yes, our primitive brains are funny things in what they see as safe or dangerous. If you listened to the previous episode and agreed with me that getting more sleep is a great idea, but you don't have time for sleeping more, let's just stop here and see if it's really true or if it's your brain is hiding behind I don't have time to avoid possible change in the way things are right now. How does this help with my sleep, you might ask? First of all, Let's stop thinking of sleep as something unimportant and easy to cut short for the sake of other activities. For example, if you finally made an appointment with a doctor who is a very rare specialist and you had to wait for that appointment for many, many months, probably you are not going to run late to his appointment because you had to finish laundry and stop by at the pharmacy on the way. You would not even consider squeezing anything in on the way to the appointment, right? 
because it's so important for you and you don't want to miss any minute of that appointment. The same way you would treat an international flight, for example. You would not want to miss it if you already got your tickets booked. How about treating your sleep hours the same way? It's your daily, extremely important appointment with yourself from 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. or whatever hours you sleep at night. And you cannot miss it by any means. Second, you set the boundaries around that time. Yes, your dad might have a habit of asking you to fluff his pillows, then to bring a glass of milk, then ask you about the weather forecast, and then for a snack. And you can run back and forth bringing him or doing whatever he asks you to do, or you can bring his drinks and snacks and fluff his pillows as a part of your own going-to-bed preparations and then ask if he needs anything else because at 10 p.m. the kitchen will be closed, you're going to bed and won't be available until morning. It might not work on the first try or even on the second try, but it doesn't mean that you shouldn't try. There is a possibility your dad won't be happy when you are not playing by his rule and establish your own. It's okay. As long as his needs are met, it's okay for him to be unhappy that they are met not in the way he thinks they should be done. Another thing that you can do is turn off all notifications an hour before your bedtime so that no new tasks pop up when you go to bed. You can train yourself and everyone around that you are not available between the hours of 10 p.m. and 6 a.m. by not being available for anything other than sleeping. Of course, there would be emergencies, and you will have to take care of those emergencies at the expense of your sleep. Life happens. But emergencies don't happen every night. They are one-of-a-kind events That's why we call them emergencies and not habits or traditions. When everything is urgent, nothing is. Which brings us to the third point. How to manage the day in a way you have time for everything, including your eight hours of sleep. You put everything on the calendar and build your daily schedule around your sleep hours no matter what. Here's a confession. There was a time in my life when I didn't really understand why people use planners or how to use them. It was long before Google and all the online calendars that we have available right now. At that time, a friend gifted me a beautiful planner, that kind of a notebook with a leather-like cover and gold-age pages and silky-to-the-touch paper. I loved it. I loved living through it and imagining how my life would be better when I used that planner. The only thing was I didn't know how to use it. Each page had lines marked with the times from midnight to midnight and I didn't know what to write there because I had a set work schedule that was the same every week 
and I didn't need a notepad the size of an epic novel to keep track of the occasional appointments I had in between my work hours. So the Glorious Planner became just a notebook with to-do lists and things not to forget. What I didn't understand then was that writing everything on my calendar is the way to get things done without overscheduling myself so that I constantly didn't have time. Here is a short version of how to manage your calendar in a way that you have time to sleep 8 hours a night. You block your 8 hours of sleep on the calendar first. Then you put your other non-negotiable appointments or events on the calendar. This will include not only the events themselves, but the time to get to them and back to For example, if you need to take your dad to his appointment that would last about 20 minutes and it's a 15-minute drive from your dad's home, you will add the time to get to your dad, get him ready if he needs help, get him to and from the car, especially if he has mobility issues and moves slower than you are. So a 20-minute doctor's appointment for your dad can easily take two to three hours of your time. Block those two to three hours on the calendar. Also add the time that you cook and eat meals, the time you watch TV in the evening or have your regular weekly catch-up call with your friend, the time when you walk your dog and listen to the latest update in your child's life. All these things are your non-negotiables because uh, these are the things that you do daily. Also add your time to rest. Because experiencing strong emotions is physically tiring and we need time to restore ourselves. You cannot expect that you would be highly productive at the time when you are exhausted because you're exhausted with your emotions. So, for example, if I have three meetings in the mornings and three doctor's appointments in the afternoon and most likely I will have to drive in heavy traffic, I'm not trying to squeeze in anything in the evening. Not even cooking dinner because I know I will need to rest and unwind to be able to sleep. So when you do these steps, you will actually be able to see how much time you actually have for everything else. And if your to-do list has more items than you have hours in the week, then you can choose what you can delegate, what you can drop as unimportant, and what you can postpone for a later time to reevaluate if you have time to do that or if you still want to do that. But no matter what, you are not trying to squeeze anything else in your day when you don't have hours available to that. Because if you do, 
most likely you would be doing it at the expense of your sleep. You treat your sleep hours on the calendar the same way you would treat that special doctor appointment time or a meeting with a potential client that you want to sign a multi-million dollar contract with. Because your sleep is your multi-million dollar investment in your own health and well-being now and later in your life. It's non-negotiable. So what about all these things that must be done for your parents, your family, and your work that don't fit into those empty blocks available on your calendar? Stop fooling yourself and think you are a superhuman who can do it all on your own. If you have more things to do than it is possible to do in the 16 hours available to you each day, it means you need help. And ask for help then. It also means that probably you need to let go of some of the commitments that you made some time ago before your life has changed. This year I have passed several volunteering opportunities at my son's school because it was more that I could handle without going nuts. And everyone survived, by the way. Everything you plan to do and put on your calendar has to be aligned with your priorities for this season of your life. And if it is something that it would be nice to do but it doesn't fit on the calendar, forgive yourself. Forgive yourself for not doing it now and maybe you will return to it later. Because you are putting your oxygen mask first. Remember that? Managing your time, especially when you take on caregiving responsibility, is a much larger topic than I can cover in this short episode. And I'm planning to offer an online masterclass on the subject of managing time in September. And if it is something interesting for you, you can sign up for the waiting list to be notified when the masterclass is going to happen. The link is in the description of this episode. Thank you for being with me. I'm Master Coach Irina, and I'll talk to you next week.